This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, Quinn Amorum. Welcome to the show, my friends. Today we have with us the founder and CEO of Independent Air Music. We have Philip Ryan Block. Ryan, how's it going? You know what? I cannot complain. It's been a good week this week. It is? I saw that you had uh, accomplished like 100 runs uh, yeah. Are you are you a, an athlete? I I would not claim to be an athlete. I would claim to be an an aspiring athlete. Yeah, there you go. Hundred runs. Um, how far do you normally go? Um, anywhere between two and five miles. Oh, that's nice. Yes, I wish. So, listen. I um in, in the introduction, I mentioned that you're the founder of and the CEO of Independent Air Music. I know. That it is a music label, correct? Correct. So, how first of all, how did you get into the music industry? Oh, that's a fun question. So, uh, my journey into the music industry actually started when I was a lot younger. When I was a, a child growing up, I was always a fan of music. But I was, when I was a fan, I, I mean, obviously, I love the music. But I, I really was always curious on who were the people behind the music, right? Mm -hmm. So. Elvis, it was Sun Records, and then it was RCA, and then we get into all of the Motown and all of these other things that I grew up listening to, and uh, it was just amazing. And then, obviously, I grew up. I was always music was always kind of in the background somewhere, and uh, took on management of a couple of punk, like basement punk rock bands. We all know those bands, right? The ones that literally never leave their mom's basement, mm -hmm. except to play somebody else's mother's basement. Right. Yes. Um, so that's where that started. And then uh, the initial iteration of what is now known as Independent Ear Music Group, it was uh, started back in 2011. I had a, uh, I was working in finance and investment management at the time. I know, start comparison. It, hmm. It's weird. It's part of the story. So I own it. But uh, one of my business partners at the time and a mentor of mine in the industry at that, in the finance industry, he was, he was a rapper like the most unassuming white collar white dude you could possibly imagine. I would put toe to toe, put him toe to toe with anybody in the game, past, present or future. Wow. And um, we were coming back from a meeting with a client one day and he's like, man, I'm going to show you this, this new track that I'm working on. I think it's, I think it's one of my best ones yet. And uh, so he has this beat from this producer in the UK and it's pumping through the car stereo. Mind you, the car stereo of a blue 2007 Chevy Impala. So we, we all know those cars, right? The really long, boxy cars. Yeah. And uh, so he held up, or he had this notepad, and I don't have my notepad in front of me at the moment, but it was about the size of this book, right? Just that size. And he put on the beat, and then he had these, his lyrics on the pad, and he was, he actually like spit the verses and the chorus like on top of the beat in the front seat of the Chevy Impala. Basically like a live hip-hop show for a party, for like a fan group of one. Nice. And... Uh, it was something in, in that moment that something inside of me just snapped, like something fell into alignment. And I said, I looked at him and I said, I don't know what I need to do to become a part of whatever it is that you're doing, but I'm going to figure it out. And then I walked into his office about a week or so later and I said, Hey man, because he was one of those cool kids that had the nice like windowed corner office and I had the cubicle right outside. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we all know those days. All right. I'm not going to cl claim I always came from the corner office because that's not even true. Um, but and I, and I shut the door behind me and I said, I figured it out. 
It's like, what the hell are you doing walking into my office? Like, what, and what did you figure out? I'm like, remember when we were in your car about a week or so ago and so on and so forth? And I said, I figured it out. I'm going to start a record label, which was followed by several moments of uncontrollable laughter, or what felt like several moments at least, because the concept of starting a record label when you live in a city like Rockford, Illinois, mind you, those of you looking that up, it's a small town, just about 90 minutes northwest of Chicago. And uh, everybody knows Chicago, or Chirac, as some people call it. There were two core things that I always knew, right? Number one, and I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse on the show. I should have asked about that ahead of time. Yeah, go ahead. All right, cool. Um, two things that I knew. Number one, the music business is fucked. Like, all the trust is gone. Everything, it, because it got so much about the business that it lost sight of the art. Mm. And number two, that relationships had the power to change the world. So I figured that maybe, just maybe, if I could create these world-changing, life-altering relationships, that in time, I could create an impact or a disruption in an otherwise broken industry. And he's like, well, what are you going to name this thing? I'm like, ah, I don't know. You know how it is when you're starting something new and you're like, I don't know what to call this thing. <laughs> um, and I had a friend, and anyways, he's like, well, you've always had an independent ear about my music. And it was that day, May 11th, 2011, that the journey began. And um, yeah. Yeah, so nine years. And I'm guessing, um, I don't know how much you knew about um, the label industry at the time, uh, but for example, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you learned a lot as you went in right now. Okay. It was I don't know. So I don't know what exactly a music label does. So I know okay. some of the things, right? Mm-hmm. But can you tell me what are some of the things that a label company has to do? And then let me know what are the ones you didn't know you had to do. <laughs> well, going into it, I knew, I knew nothing. I knew those two core things and that was about <laughs> it. Everything else was research. So, but now I, I look back at everything that I did and everything that's happened to get the company to where it is now. And basically we started over in January of this year. So everything, all of the artists were let go. We let brought on new contracts. It's like, you know, when, um, I'm going to, I'm going to use American football as an example. You know, when like the, the Oakland Raiders now went to Las Vegas, you know, it's kind of all new, but it's really kind of the same. Yes. Same type of thing, right? We have a new facade, like a new, new image, newer business model. Like everything has kind of been revamped and more and emphasized more. So I've got a bigger, stronger team. We've got more powerful artists. We're releasing stronger content, all that kind of stuff. But so really what we do is we focus on making awesome music, right? So we, we have an in-house production team that we can produce content. So an artist can bring us a song and we can say, all right, go, let's go in the studio. Let's record a song. Um, then we can mix, mix the audio. You know, like when you're doing an editing of a podcast, yeah. same type of thing. You want to make sure that the levels aren't too high, that it's the voices are smooth and calm and collect so that your listeners get an enjoyable experience. Same type of thing. Um, so yeah, if, I, let's it's say, very similar to the podcasting space, right? You, you go through, you record the content, you put it out there and you hope somebody listens to it. Yes. But then you create the strategy around how you're going to bring attention to it, how you're going to in, install and, and, and further develop the artist's brand. What is the artist's brand? Do people know? And then creating the communication and connection pathways for fans to find the music and then fans to love the music and then fans to support the artists. Nice. So if somebody would come to you and say, Hey Ryan, I, I think I'm the next big thing. 
Um, let's. Uh, I would say no, you're not. Number one. <laughs> okay. Because everybody that said that to me wasn't. hasn't been. <laughs> so if they want to come over and um, you know re- do a create a record, I don't even know if it's still called a record. Yeah. Uh, is it up to you to say uh, this is a terrible idea because you suck, or in other words, <laughs> of course? But it, is it up to you to say that because a lot of people don't know they suck? Okay, that that's always a sticky <laughs> question because while yes, I mean if a, if a record is terrible, I'm going to tell the artist that the record's like could be better. Okay. Right? Um but at the same point in time, I have very specific criteria for the artists that we work with. So if an artist is inside of our family already or is entering the family, they're entering under very specific criteria. Very strong reasoning on why we appreciate them as much as we do. So if they're in the circle, we're not trying to change much about their art, right? Because our job, and this is what makes us one of the reasons why we're different. What our job is not to take the artist completely change and control and redo everything, right? Because the artists are with us for a reason. So why would I change that reason? Mm. Right. Our job is, our job is to protect and grow artists okay yeah so basically you're going to share the 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 true uh, the true artist not the artist that you made up uh, right okay gotcha so is the um the label is that the same as like a recording studio is everything done it's in- all part of it yeah um we're actually right now in the midst of planning for our series a round of funding we're actually going to be building our new state-of-the-art studio Uh, as well as several other things. But um, yeah, building a new state-of-the-art studio. So, you know, one of the things that we used to see back in the day, and it still happens, uh, was like all the tours. And I know that, for example, to create a any kind of, you know, in-person meetings, right? Not like these virtuals that we have to do now because of COVID-19, but any kind of meeting, let's say if there's a hundred people, there's so much planning that has to go into it. Right. So when it comes to a tour, I always imagine who has to organize this. Is that a lot of different people? Oh, a it lot. It, it takes a team. Okay. It really does. Um, I mean, tour, touring is a challenge in, in any time. COVID it's especially challenging, but in general, it's challenging to build a tour because There's, the, uh, there's all the pre-planning. So you want to make sure that the route that you're going on is to where you, at least here in the U.S., you're not going from New York to Texas to play two shows, mm-hmm. right? You want to make it make sense. Um, so you have, the, typically you have the booking agent, then you have the tour manager, and then you have all the tour support and all that. It's, and then you have the label. If, if the band's under a label, the label usually gets involved because labels are typically greedy. Uh, another thing that sets us apart from everybody else. Number, <laughs> And then you have, if, if bands have different managers, then like you get the different management companies involved. It, it, it's, yeah. I mean, a lot of different people kind of come together to make it happen. Sometimes it could be not easy. I got, that's the term I'm going to use. Not easy to handle or manage uh, some artists. Uh, right. When it comes to social media, of their own social media, <laughs> do they basically, if they're on a label with you or a contract with you, uh, are they allowed to share their own posts 
or do oh, they yeah. have or do they have to be filtered before i don't know don't say something no none silly. of them really have to be filtered um due to a couple situations that happened a long time several several years ago and some of the previous uh iterations of what we have now um things did happen where we had to company-wide kind of initiate some social media brand guidelines that play things that you just don't common sense like okay you know the coffee in the mug is hot don't spill it on yourself <laughs> kind of things okay um just common sense, but sometimes people just need to be reinforced with the common sense, like wash your hands, don't touch your face, don't unwantingly touch other people, you know what I mean? Um, all those types of things. So right now, we are, we're in June 2020, and as, as you know, the, the, there's the, this COVID situation out there. Yeah. So what is the music industry looking like right now, and what do you think is going to happen after this? It's looking very scattered now, yeah. right? You have a lot of big companies. Big companies are the ones that are scattering right now, which I love seeing because it means disruption is coming. Um, but everything's going to have to change, right? It, it, touring's not going to go back to the way that it was, at least not for a while, if ever. Um, it, might go, it might get to some realm of future unknown normalcy, but it's not going to go back to the way that it was. Um, bigger people are scared, Hmm. They, they're, they're not as risk averse as somebody like myself, who's like, I can take a lot of risk yeah. because I don't have, I'm not a publicly traded company. I have nobody but my team and my artists to answer to for the actions that we take. So if we want to release a record on a Tuesday, a week from now, we can, it might not be the best idea, but we could. So for, for us, COVID has been the best thing that happened. <laughs> I mean, it, it forced us to look at our business model. It forced us to tighten down our artists and see how we wanted to work with them. It gave us the ability to work together as a team to solidify what our foundation is moving forward. It's given us the ability to create our new model in a new time. So we're not going to be comparing ourselves to somebody else or, or you're the next sub pop. I don't want to be the next sub pop. I want to be the best us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really given us that necessary time to build. Mm -hmm. So other people might be running scared. We're diving head first saying the worst thing that we do is knock ourselves out, but we get back up when we try again. So I also heard that you love crazy people. Like I in, do. in the good sense, the ones that are, uh, do we see, he thinks he's going to change the world or he's crazy. Right. And in reality, I think those are the ones that are going to change the world. So absolutely. If you love crazy people, does that mean you are also a little bit? Uh, oh, I'm certifiably insane. Uh -huh. <laughs> certifiably. <laughs> That's a nice one. <laughs> no, so, I mean, I, because number one, to start a record label in a city like mine, what that's not known for music or art, we're known for manufacturing, airplane parts, screws, mm -hmm. and one music thing of notability, which is Cheap Trick. That's what my hometown is known for. Right. So to build something in a community number that doesn't necessarily or didn't at that time support art, that was a challenge. So, of course, that made me crazy. And then number two, I mean, I run a media agency that's a human first agency. We put our clients and their story first. And if we can effectively tell their story, we use the mediums and technology to support it. And so starting an agency when there's millions of other agencies doing a lot of the same shit, that's a little bit crazy. I just this week got done, or just back in May, got done uh, teaching a, the first phase of, an, of a master class with the university 
on or a university in the Netherlands on creative business. Wow. I'm, nice. I'm a little crazy. <laughs> I have to be because I know I want to change the world. So I'm not going to be able to do that doing the same stuff that everybody else does. Yeah. You know, I don't know how long ago it was, but like 20 something years ago, I saw this movie with Sylvester Stallone. I think it was mm -hmm. one of the Rambos and he was overseas somewhere. And some, after he, all those explosions or whatever, somebody said, you know what? God must love crazy people because mm -hmm. he made so many. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I never forgot that. So oh, what do you mean by human first agency? So a lot of, others in the space, right? So there are other brands in the space and other agencies that work with brands that are all so much focused on the brand, right? They work with the Coca-Colas, the Apples, the Pepsis, the, the bigger brands of the world mm. where they're, or even so focused on, oh man, I got to be about brand. What's this brand look like? How does this brand work? That they forget the, that they forget the, really the core function of business, which is human, yeah. right? So what, what, Number one, how are the humans of the business, of the brand working together, right? How are those humans being conveyed and received on platforms, right? So you're, it, it's, it's taking personal branding and elevating it to the next level. It's taking human to corporate connection and bridging the gap, right? Because there are a lot of, a lot of brands out there where they where you know that there's a disconnect between their end, end consumer and the company, right? So there's something missing. I find that missing piece. Wow. And also like, missing pieces of other people is, is the people of the team. It looks like you're zagging, right? Where most of them are zigging and you're exactly. zagging. Because exactly. I, I find it that most are actually going towards dehumanizing, if that is a word, mm -hmm the person right so you right. can you can love that thing and follow the thing and so i i i'm, I'm with you because i'm old school so i do like the human approach I mean, it's it's the best way and i and i this this came up a lot this week in some of the teaching and stuff that i'd done our last couple of weeks in in a lot of conversations not just the teaching classes that are the, the classes that i was teaching but business is easy I'll make that claim right now. Everybody can challenge me on it if, if they want to later. Business is easy. We humans complicate it, right? Mm -hmm. Because all business is, is giving value and receiving value, right? That's it. Yep. Everything else is just noise. We get back down to the core decency of humans in business that we all need to do. Everything is a little bit easier because like, for instance, This cup of coffee, right? I went to Starbucks this morning. During COVID, it's been really hard to get Starbucks, right? <laughs> I could have gone to Dunkin'. Dunkin's been open this whole time near me, but it hasn't been. Or, but Starbucks hasn't been. Why did I wait in line for 20 minutes? Because I knew one of my favorite baristas was going to be at that window. Either one, making my day hell because they like to mock me for coming through there as often as I do. Or they're going to make my day great, right? Yeah. I went there because I knew what I would be getting out of this. The value that I would be receiving is more than just this cup, right? And they may have gotten a little smile or a laugh out of their day on top of the money that I gave them, right? Giving value, receiving value. That's it. Exactly. No matter what the value is, it's not always the, it's, the, the and physical. And it's not thing. on us to, to, to determine what that value is, right? 
Yep. It's on the other person, right? So phone, I mean, all, all of the products, just think about it like that. The next time, well, I know you said you hadn't been out of your house in a while, but yeah. Amazon, right? You order something, you pay them, you receive it, value, right? You, exactly. you give something to a client, same thing. And Ryan, why on that agency, why the name We The Collective? That is the name, correct? That is correct. Because before when I, I had an agency named Block Media Group, clever, I know. You don't want to know what that was preceded by? Philip Ryan Block Consulting. Man, I had just gotten so egotistical apparently during that period of time. I got honestly tired of having it be all about me because it's not. With the cultivation of We The Collective, it was to focus on the strength of everybody that I have in my network. Because if I can, let's say, I, let's say you came to me, right? And you're like, Ryan, I need an app that's, gonna do, that's going to allow me to connect my FBA to my end user, right? I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know. Ah, that's, that's out of my wheelhouse. But I could make one phone call and I could have that guy for you or that girl for, or that woman for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it's to focus on the strength of the whole rather than the individual, right? Because as, as, they, as people say in business, I would rather have part of a watermelon than a whole grape, right? I would rather be part of the solution than a singular option. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to use that watermelon one because I do. <laughs> Everybody likes the watermelon one. Everybody. Yeah. Because they get it. Right? Yeah. I'm going to feel a lot better after a whole chunk of watermelon or a chunk of watermelon than a grape. Yeah. But you had the whole thing. Yeah. But it doesn't last long either. Exactly. So Ryan, I know you also have, besides all of that, you also have a podcast and you host, you host a podcast. Um, what's it called and what's it about? Uh, it's called the open heart collective. It's a, uh, a live raw, real look at mental health through sharing amazing stories from incredible humans. So open heart collective and you said yep. it's live. It is. So you're not afraid of making mistakes. What are mistakes? <laughs> Legitimate question. Yep. It was a mistake. Somebody else's interpretation on your Some, action. Exactly. Somebody else's opinion of what you said or did. Right. Hmm. So no, because, and, and especially with mental health, right? And I wanted to do it differently. Because a lot of, I mean, I've, I've hosted other podcasts. I've been a part of other podcasts. Obviously, I'm on a podcast now. Um, I have, currently have a client who I work for their podcast. I do all of their production for their podcast. With my podcast, I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be live, number one, because I wanted it to be unedited. I wanted it to be raw. Because when I look at all of the content that was coming out in the era of when I started this podcast back in 2018, Everything was so produced. It was so manufactured with the creator's end objective in mind rather than opening it up for the end user to determine where they wanted to pull the value for themselves, right? So when we, especially on the subject of mental health, if I edited it based on my interpretation of somebody else's story, I would be, number one, insulting the person telling me the story. Number two, I'd be insulting the end user or the end listener, right? Because when, when it comes to mental health, especially now, oftentimes the conversation stops that I had the blade to my wrist, the gun to my head, the bottle in my hand, right? Yeah. It doesn't really go beyond that. So when we created this show, I wanted to take that conversation one step further. 
and say, all right, well, number one, I want to know what your story is. You can share as dirty, as gritty, as raw and real as you want. It's your space. And it's a safe space, free of judgment, free of criticism, free of everything. Number two, I want to know what that moment of darkness or those obstacles were that you had to overcome and what you did to overcome them. And number three, and this is the most important part, I want to know what in your life right now is exciting. Because for me, mental health is, just, is on a spectrum and it's a journey. It's never an end destination, right? So for me, looking back at all of the people or to, to look back at those people coming up behind us, I want them to know that they're not alone. I want them to know that when they have that blade to their wrist and they opt to, to pull it away, that there is light on the other side of that, on the other side of that darkness, that there is opportunity when you move through pain. And you're, did you start it because you were there or? I've been there. Yeah. Four times, in fact. Four times? Mm -hmm. So I guess you got out of it by yourself, or I don't know if it was by yourself, but you did get out of it. So you decided, because you know how lonely it could be and how depressing, I don't know, that, that would be the... the I, know how I know how lonely it is, right? Yeah. Because I mean, mental, like, I, I would say that there are, I still have moments of depression. I still have moments when I suffer with self-doubt, with anxiety, with with borderline addiction issues. Like, I, I still struggle, right? It's, it's never completely gone. But like that, that's okay, right? And as the shirt that I'm wearing right now says, it's okay to not be okay. It is. And I want people to know that regardless of what they're going through, regardless of what they've experienced, that they are not alone, that they are loved, and that they, they can and will be able to move beyond this. Because suicide is the only pandemic in the world that's completely unavoidable. That's completely, not unavoidable, but completely, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's completely reversible. Like it doesn't have to be there. If the world's governments and media, and I'm putting them on blast right now, and I have been for several weeks, if the world's governments and the world's media put as much attention on mental illness as they have on fucking COVID-19, mm -hmm. suicide would be eradicated by now. You think so? Absolutely. Because the thing that's missing is access to resources that actually serve a purpose, right? Because there's walls, there's barriers, there are insurance policies, no insurance policies. This person's a dick. This person's not serving the community. Or God forbid, you can't access them. So when I say that I'm a crazy person, hmm, I, I have like my record label is cool. I love it. It'll always be there. My agency is growing and getting to be amazing. I mean, we work with amazing brands from fashion to cannabis to, to, to entertainment and technology. Like we work with them all and it's great. Even some medical. It's fun. I love what I do, but my work, my life's work is to end suicide. Wow. Nice. And it's possible. I know it's possible because I figured it out. Well, you know, I've, I've had, I've had many people on the show that, that have talked about it and some that uh, were, were planning on on doing our committing suicide uh, is that the right term committing suicide completing su well committing suicide but yeah. yeah it's the the term when it's done is completion oh. it's it, it's it's a sad but but honest way of saying it and and i had a guest that is is now having has a fantastic beautiful life and uh, loves it but he did um he did believe that There's nobody that at one point doesn't think about it. 
Um, I mean, one in mental illness affects four out of every five people, right? right. It, 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 it's, there are eight, over 800,000 completed suicide attempts every year. 800,000? Mm-hmm. So that, that means that COVID then is microscopic. Yeah. In comparison. Mm-hmm. Because there's no access, because this, this is what the problem is. Number one, globally, for years, we've been told it's not okay to be vulnerable, right? Vulnerability is weakness, is what we heard, especially us men, right? Oh, boys don't cry. Fuck that. Boys cry a lot. I cry all the time. I tell my son that. Tell my daughters that, right? Two, culturally, it's been taboo. Oh, man, we don't talk about how we feel, right? Yeah. And I mean, I've had, on my podcast, I've had everybody, I have, I have had all walks of life, all creeds, nationalities, gender, like gender choices, like sexuality, like I've had them all because mental illness knows no boundaries, knows no limits, does not know gender, race, sexual orientation, anything. And so when you create safe spaces for people to know that it's okay to be vulnerable, to know that they're not alone, I mean, that's, if we had that people that we all know and look up to, like for me, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. Anthony Bourdain, Robin Williams, all of them. Yeah. I mean, those that I know, and then Christian Papritz, AKA Pappy, one of my dearest friends who died due to, um, died due to a failed suicide attempt. He, I'm not gonna, he, he struggled with for a long time and me and the guys in his group, group tried to help, but we lost him uh, Thanksgiving week here in the u.s last year and i mean when you lose somebody i I remember that like it was yesterday right i I woke up tuesday morning two days before thanksgiving to a phone call like multiple missed phone calls from the other guys in, in 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 his friend group like i had never met this guy in person i mean he was an artist that i worked with and um, his other guy, like he was the catalyst for me working with his other, the other members of his band, even though I'd known them forever. And um, to hear that he was gone was, and then to hear how was like, nobody should experience that because it's, ah, this is the fucking word I was looking for. It's preventable. It's preventable if you provide access to resources before crisis moments occur. Mm-hmm. But we don't do that. Why? Because the insurance companies don't want to pay it. I'll take every one of them on because I know their game. Government doesn't want to do it because it wants to keep people weak and, and, and ill-minded. It wants to keep people sick because that's easier. It doesn't want people to be healthy because when it's healthy, there's revolution. There's no money to be made with healthy people. Exactly. Sorry, I took it very, I, it went very somber there. And that was not my intention, but it's real. Like this is, this is something that affects literally everybody. Whether you go, so not only do, are there those 800,000 completions, but you look at any friends, families that tied, tied to that 800,000, that yeah. number is easily two and a half million or more people every year that are impacted by suicide. I don't know about you, but I would rather save the lives of 800,000 than run from a disease that I may or may not catch or have a 1% ch- chance of contracting or giving to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I went on a very wild tangent there. No, no, I can see you're you're very passionate about it. So that's, uh, I mean, that's why your your show is going to be a success or is already a success, 
so it reminds me of one thing. Uh, since you are so passionate about it, people mm -hmm. are going to be passionate about what you are doing. Right. Do you get a lot of uh, thank yous and emails, letters from the from the podcast? I not necessarily from the podcast itself, um, but just in general, because it, this is not something that just remains in the walls of the podcast. This is obviously more than this is something I talk very openly about and have started to talk even more openly about in my just general everyday content, because number one, I'm tired of seeing the same old shit. Number two, there's always more to us than we show. Now there's a lot of my life that I don't show my family, my kids. I don't show because I have a certain level of visibility. Now my job is to protect them. Yeah. Right. Number two, like it, if I show more of me and who I am as a person, as a, as a thought leader, as an entrepreneur, as, as a business person, as all of the various elements of me, people will understand that no matter what I'm bringing to them, it's authentic. And I call out a lot of the false bullshit, a lot of the false authenticity and, and fake vulnerability that exists because I see through it because you're not, they're not doing it that way. They're doing it for clicks. Yes. And I know it because I've seen it. Like when I was listening to um, Ed Milet's podcast, and this is not against Ed, this was against the guests that they had. And they were talking about, man, we've had to be so vulnerable lately. I'm like, you've had to be? They were talking, I think, I think he was talking to the Skinny Confidential, which I loved in the early days. It's just become all noise. Everybody's saying the same thing. Why don't we just say what we're feeling when we're feeling it and, and, and ask for a little bit of guidance along the way? Like I asked, I asked the community of people around me, like, what do you want to see from me? Resoundingly, it was be more open. I'm like, I don't know how that's possible, but sure, let's go for it. So, yeah. And it's not necessarily just in the bad times. Like this week's been, I know we're talking future, but like this week, the time that we're sitting in as in when this is being recorded, like it's been one of the greatest weeks for a lot of varying reasons. But when I post later tonight, it's going to be all smiles, all happy, all positive energy because I, I feel it. And so it doesn't mean that you always have to be dark or that it's always like, oh, like, I'm feeling suicidal or depressive today. It's knowing that everything's a spectrum. Some days are great. Some days are terrible, but it's what you do in the terrible days to make the great days even greater. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they say that when you, when you are happy and you're feeling great, you attract more positive mm -hmm. things. And a lot of the people that are not feeling so happy and, and we all know how it goes, right? Mm -hmm. And you could be feeling down, you'd be feeling lonely. Uh, that person can they hear that and and start smiling if you say hey, why don't you just be happy because you're going to attract more happiness it's not is that it, easy no it's not yeah mm -hmm. but it is easy to get there right so i i have this statement that i used to kind of end my videos and all that my podcast right that little mantras thing that every yeah. podcast host has i'm sure you have one too i do um And, and, and it is as follows. Number one is to find happiness in every day, in every way, and for yourself and you alone. Number two is to have fun because life's way too fucking short to not be doing things that you enjoy, things that aren't fun, that don't make you smile, all that. And number three is work because everything and anything in life that's worth a fucking damn takes a blood, sweat, and tears level of effort to get there, right? And then last but certainly not least, but breathe. Even if you just say that word once a day, write it down. 
put a timer in. I have a timer that goes off at 222 every afternoon that reminds me to breathe. And I sit here looking like a weirdo at my desk going, <sighs> right? But even more so than that, do what you need to do for you every day because that's all you can ever ask of yourself. Got it. And by the way, on on the Fail Fast podcast, I I don't have one of those mantras at the end. I, I don't say it. It just goes into the uh, out the outro of the podcast. Right. On my e-commerce one, I do say, start grateful, stay positive, and always profit. <laughs> I love it. Yes. That's good. That's good. I mean, that that all of, I mean, so much of my life is interconnected, right? Business and mental health, mental health and art, art and business. Like, it's all tied together. So, when it, like, the biggest question that I get all the time is, well, Ryan, how do you do everything? I'm like, everything's the same, right? It's just the product's a little bit different, right? When I'm working with an artist or a band on how to release a record, it's a very similar approach as how I deal with the brand and releasing a new product. Same thing. One more thing, Ryan. Yeah. Um, I, I believe this, so I wanted you to just uh, tell me your opinion. Mental health, mm-hmm. uh, your entrepreneurship, and your yep. physical activity are all three related. So you're not successful in business if you're not successful, if you don't have, a, if you're not healthy mentally more than anything, and then physically. Right. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. But as I, as I agree with that, I'm going to add to that. Determine that for yourself. Don't let anybody else's de- definition of success in health and success in business and yeah. success in mental affect your own definition. So you're saying success is not taking pictures with a, a white Lamborghini? You mean the one that you <laughs> rented from Turo? Yes, that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So that is not success. <laughs> I mean, no. it could be, but who am I to judge? Right? True. If that's success for that person, go for it. More powerful right. too. But that's not success for me. That's not success in my terms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that was success for me for many years, and this was many years ago. Right. And now, as we talked earlier, it's it's those three, those three that are running around the house. That that's my success is legacy, brother. Legacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't it incredible how how things change? And now, like before, you want to live for something else, and now you want to live for those little creatures, or in your case, they're not too little. Well, you have one that's tiny. Yeah. Um, man, it's, that is powerful, right? It is. I mean, I, I am where I am due in large part to them because I remember what I was like before them. I don't think I would have made it long. Mm. And do you like that person that you, that you were before? I'm start- no, that was no. a very bad person. I was, it was a very weak person. That was a very, that was a long, that was several chapters ago. I'm starting to like me though, the me that I'm becoming. Nice. That's the big, that, that, that's a big challenge for a lot of people, especially in the space and the time that we're in now. I'm starting yeah. to believe in the person that I'm becoming, which is even more dangerous. Oh, that's powerful. Oh, I'm saying it's dangerous for the rest of the world because there's no stopping me now. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give, Give a crazy guy the power of self-confidence and believe there's becomes unstoppable, right? Look at, that's what Elon Musk is. Self-confident. I, I, I look up crazy. to him so he's, much. He's insane. He is Absolutely insane. insane. <laughs> but I love every fucking second of it. 
because yep. he's already changed the world. If that crazy son of a bitch can build a fucking spaceship, I could stop mental health or I can stop suicide. Yeah. I could build the biggest record label in the world doing it the right way. Because, and, and I, I should have mentioned this earlier, my biggest belief when it comes to music and art, right? Especially in the music industry is that musicians are the true superheroes of the world. And this is why. Because they're doing something that 99% of the world can't, won't, or is too fucking afraid to. Right? So that next time that you listen to that record from your favorite artist, or you hear that new song on Spotify or Apple Music or the radio, know that you're listening to true power. Yes. Especially if they write their own music and perform their own music and do all that. But musicians in general are superheroes. Because also they can get you to do something that scientifically cannot be done with any other art form. And I like to say that music causes time travel because it does. Yeah, yeah. I can see Quinn's it. thinking about this now. He's like, what does Ryan mean? I, I know that look. No, no. I mean, I, I was not thinking that. I was actually thinking it does because there are certain songs that I can listen to and I go back in time. I know I'm still here, but my mind goes. Metaphysically, yeah. you go there. It's scientifically proven. It's great. I love it. And this is why. Quinn, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you, buddy? 43. 43. Okay. So this makes sense in our world, right? The younger people that I talk to, they're like, I don't get it. But for us older guys, I'm 36, soon to be 37, uh, 37 later in the year at least. Um, we all remember that feeling. And, I, and I'm going to bring back one of those awkward teen moments, right? When we're in the car with the girl that we like, right? And we're listening to the radio because the radio was the only thing we had back then, or maybe a CD or a tape deck, depending on how much you were able to get access to. And, and that one song comes on and like the entire moment, your heart's going, your palms getting sweaty. Right. And then that one song comes on that gives you the confidence or gives her the confidence to go ahead and, and take that chance to become vulnerable with another person for quite possibly the first time ever. Right. Yeah. And then you go in, and then fast forward, the relationship's gone, the moment's gone, right? But you're driving and all of a sudden that song comes on the radio or that Spotify playlist or that Apple Music, that Apple Music, right? And then instantly on a metaphysical level, your body goes back to that moment, right? You know, because all of a sudden, man, your palms start to get sweaty again. Out of nowhere, your fucking heart starts to race, matching a very similar pace and tempo to what was happening 20 years ago, right? And then all of a sudden you, you go to speak and your voice cracks out of fucking nowhere. Literally you were transported on a metaphysical level to that same time and space that you were when that first moment happened. And music is the only art form that can do that. So truly all artists are superheroes because they can get us to do something that no other art form can. And they honestly are the real 1%. Yep. So support them. God damn it. Sorry, <laughs> I about went on a fucking soapbox there, but I, but I just stopped. No, that's true. They they do need support um, because n not all of them are not all of them are like the ACDCs or the. And they're uh, not going to be, and that's fine. Exactly, but a lot of them um, struggle to do what they love, and they are helping mm -hmm. a lot of people. Yeah. So Ryan. Tell me something for the people that are listening and they want to keep listening and they want to know more about you, or maybe they actually even need somebody to talk to. 
where can they learn more about you and find out more? Uh, I mean, I'm available on all the platforms. Just search my full name, Philip with two L's, uh, Ryan Black. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, so if you're going to find me there, or if you're going to find me anywhere, you probably find me there. Uh, you can email me. Uh, I've got, <laughs> I mean, email me if you're a musician looking for guidance. I mean, Ryan at independentear.com. Uh, if you want to, I mean, if you're looking on the branding side and the media side, Ryan at wethecollective.co. Uh, or if you're really feeling adventurous and want to talk, my literal cell phone number that rings this phone right here is in my Instagram profile. I challenge people to call me. Out of the blue. Just do it. I actually, I was going to mention that. I saw your phone number shared on social media. I saw it. Yeah, in, it's in my LinkedIn profile too. LinkedIn, yes. Yeah. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so there you go. And for those of you that didn't catch it all, I'll have it all on the show notes. Um, I'll have all the links. I'll even have uh, Brian's phone number and he challenged anybody to call him in case you need help. <laughs> I mean, or if you just want to talk, you're like, dude, I kind of like what you had to say. That's fine too. Literally everybody, every, every, especially like entrepreneurial life is not as glamorous as most people think, right? It's a lot of time sitting at a desk or a kitchen table yeah. or with the computer on your lap and getting stuff done. So I'm typically most days all day sitting here. I know exactly what it is. I do the same thing. <laughs> and when I get sick of being in one office, I have a, what I call the portable office, right? So I can go sit on the couch and I have this desk with wheels so I can be next to the kids. And I right. do the exact same thing. I go on the computer and I do my work. And sometimes right. it's sunny. I go outside and do it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's not very glamorous, but. But I love every minute of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even the shitty moments. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ryan, again, thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. I have subscribed to your podcast. I also follow you on all social media. And um, we're definitely going to stay in touch. Thank Absolutely, you. Quinn. Thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.